Awesome. Thank you, Dom. Appreciate you very much. Man, it's good to be with you guys this morning. If you guys don't know who I am, most of you guys do. Um, move over a little bit here. Um, my name is Brandon, and I'm the student ministries pastor here, and it is a blast being able to invest into the students here at Seacoast, because we love everybody at Seacoast, but one thing that we do love is our students. We love to point them to Jesus, and we want to help them strengthen their walk with Christ. But I want to pray for us this morning, and then we'll jump in and we'll get started. God, thank you so much for today, God, and I pray as we get to dive into Psalm 23 that you would do a deep work in our hearts. God, that you convict our hearts. I pray that we'd walk out of here and want to draw close to you. Know that we are prone to wander, God, but we have a shepherd who is with us every step of the way and that you never give up on us. God, I pray that you would fill our hearts with hope because it's like Thomas says, sometimes during, during these moments, it just feels like so much is changing and it's frustrating. And God, sometimes our hearts just feel like we're empty. So God, I pray to, today that people would walk out of here with just a renewed hope and a heart that is full. In your name I pray, amen. You know, just being 100% honest with you guys, I was not prepared for something like coronavirus or this pandemic at all. You know, when this whole thing first started going down, I really didn't think much of it. I just kept thinking, you know, like, it'll, it'll last a little while. We'll get over this thing. Um, in, in the springtime, that's when I'm doing all this amazing planning for student ministries because the summertime is my favorite time in all of student ministry. It's a time where you get to do discipleship a little bit deeper. It's a time where we get to go to Hume Lake. It's a time where they get to be here and we get to laugh and we get to have fun and we're doing beach days and everything just seems so much fun. And in March, Ryan and I flew over to Belize because we were prepping to do a mission trip with our high school students in July. And I was so pumped. And he and I were over there and as we're moving through everything, we're getting all the projects set up, I like had this just a heart that was full. And I, and I, I would walk around, I go, I just can't wait for our high school students to come experience this, to come serve the people of Belize and have their lives changed. And I, I literally was walking out of there with this kind of this big smile on my face, just going, I can't wait for summer. It's my favorite time of the year in, in student ministry. And as we're on our flight home, you know, there's some people that had the shields already in front of their faces. There was masks. We didn't have masks. Um, but I think that was the first time I started to slowly hit me that maybe this is going to be bigger than I thought. And we landed, and within days, everything had shifted. We were moving church online. We were moving student ministries online. Uh, we were trying to figure out, like, what is this going to look like in the next month? All the gyms were closing down. And students were going out of school within, like, a week of us landing. And I remember just sitting here going, God, if, I'm not sure if my heart's prepared for all this because I wasn't trained for something like this. I didn't, I didn't know church was going to look like this. I didn't know I was going to have to experience students going through a hard time and students who were feeling more depressed and feeling alone and feeling like their community was ripped from them. And as a student pastor, that's incredibly hard to deal with. And as we were, as we were moving along, I just kept saying, it's only going to be about a month, just a month, and this thing is going to end. And then a month went by, and it didn't end, and we go on lockdown. And I kept saying, another month, by May, we'll be done. And I was clinging to the hope that we are going to Hume Lake. And I was clinging to the hope that we were going to Belize. And slowly, little by little, we had to realize that this was going to go longer than we thought. And we were going to start canceling stuff in student ministry. Church was going to look very different. And there were there was these moments where I, I would literally just look up. And I'd say, God, I'm not sure what to do. Like, I'm, I'm not sure how to do this thing. Like, I'm actually kind of at my, at my end, Lord. And we'd sit around with our staff and we'd hear each other's hearts. And I remember sitting looking at one of our staff members and she just started crying. And it hurt my heart so bad. 
And she was crying because of how much it was affecting her kids. And I remember just looking at her just going, this is so heartbreaking. And I know like for all of you guys that are sitting here today, this has had an effect on you in some way. You know, it may have had an effect on your families, your marriages, your kids, your jobs, whatever it is. But I know it took a deep toll on me, especially lately it started taking a toll on me. Just because I kept thinking it was going to be over so quickly. And I had to go back to Psalm 23. And I was glad Ryan asked me to teach this because my heart needed Psalm 23 more than I thought. And I, I mean, I went to Bible school. I even took Psalms as a class. And then here I was jumping back in. I started to read this and I couldn't even make it through the first verse before I paused and went, okay, God, you are good. I had to stop. And I want you guys, if you have your Bibles open, open to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, that's where we're going to be today. Sorry, I'm going to be looking this way a lot because that wind is gnarly in the microphone this way. Here's what it says in Psalm 23, reading from the NIV version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I love this. Like I say, I got to verse one. I was at a coffee shop and I just paused right there. I didn't even make it past that. And then I came to staff meeting and Dom was the staff member that read Psalm 23 out loud. I remember just once again just pausing and just going, God, you are so good. It was just that simple phrase, Lord, you are my shepherd. I lack nothing. And just for a second, just close your eyes and just let that sink in just for a second. Because during this pandemic and during this time, I feel like if there's anything that I needed to hear during this moment, it was that I have this good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And here's what I realized. During these last few months, I had focused on so much negative and how much everything else around me was going wrong and how much everything was not fun that I literally forgot how good my shepherd was. And David himself, who wrote the psalm, he was a shepherd. He knew what this was like. And as I began to dive into what a shepherd really was, it makes verse one become so much sweeter. And I want you guys just to get a, a couple attributes of who a shepherd is and what he does. And it's, here's just a few. First one, he's a watchman. A shepherd, he would, what do you do? He would actually go out and he'd look in front of him. He'd look this way. He would look this way. He would look behind him and he wanted to make sure that he was always keeping a watch out for his sheep. And then another one is he acted as a guard. It wasn't just enough that he was going to look in front and to the sides and behind him and keep his eyes peeled for all the predators that could come in and kill the sheep. He was a guy that if something was going to come and take one of his sheep, he was a guy that was going to guard him. He was going to protect him. And the sheep knew that. The sheep looked at their shepherd like, you're my refuge. You're my rock. You're my shield. The other one, he's a guide. And to be honest with you, sheep are not the smartest creatures. They are not the smartest animals. They literally have to be led everywhere they go. And when they need to go from one place to the other, they want their guide. They need their guide. And what I love about sheep is they actually trust their guide. They hear his voice. And when they hear his voice, they go, my shepherd, my my guide is telling me to go this way. And then the sheep will just gently lead and they'll gently go with him. The other one is this, and this is my favorite one of the bunch. And the shepherd will act as a physician. And out of all the sheep in the flock, there was bound to be at least one sheep who was at least a little weaker than the rest. Or maybe there was a sheep who may have had like a little defect to him. 
But that sheep actually knew that his shepherd would take care of him as well. He wasn't going to let him be left behind. And the shepherd had this awesome like, task of just really tending to the needs of his sheep to make sure that they were well, to make sure that they were well taken care of. And if there's any wounds, anything that happened, he was the guy that would go and tend to those wounds. And then I looked at this and I, I looked at who a shepherd is and I go, so often in my life, I've needed the shepherd to come in and be my physician. I've needed the shepherd to come in and heal the wounds of my heart, to be there for me, to, be, to kind of reach down into the deepest depths of me when everything doesn't seem like it's going right and everything feels broken and my heart hurts and everything's in a million pieces. I read this and I go, God, you are my shepherd and you are good and you tend to my needs just like a shepherd tends to the needs of a sheep. And so what I wanna do, how to make, I said this makes it a lot, so much sweeter when he start adding these into verse one. And I wanna read these now, adding it into verse one and just let this hit your soul on a really deep level because when I read these and I began to let it sink in, man, these words and just who, who my shepherd is, just it hit me at a deep, like a, a deep place in my core. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my watchman. He keeps an eye out for me. He knows when danger is near and he stands as a guard. My good shepherd knows when danger is on the horizon and he stands with me and he guards me. My good shepherd is my guide in my life. He is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So often in a life I can get lost and wander, but my shepherd knows I'm prone to wander and he guides me in the right path. My good shepherd is the ultimate physician. He's able to bandage up my wounds and hurts and he even carries me when I don't have the strength to stand. He sees my heart and he sees the brokenness and he holds me gently and whispers, I'm here, child. Your father has you. The shepherd knows his sheep by name. And so what I want you guys to know this morning too is that every one of you sitting right here in this plaza and all of you watching online at home or if you're at the beach watching, you're not just a somebody. Your shepherd knows you guys by name. And this is an amazing way to kick off Psalm 23. I literally just read this and I pause more than once and it's like I want to lift my hands and just say, thank you, Lord. Like I needed this refreshment in my life. I needed to once again just get my mind off the focus of all the negative that was going on in the world and how things aren't normal and how much that hurts and the pain that it's bringing. And I just had to get my focus back on how good the shepherd was. And in your lives right now, when you hear all those attributes of a shepherd, I just want you to look at your life right now and think, which one of those do I need most in my life right now? Some of you guys are gonna need the, the shepherd to come in and be a very good guide in your life. Some of you guys probably feel like you're lost and you're wandering and this is a season that hurts and you don't know what the end is gonna look like and you're looking at your kids and it's painful because you know that they're, they're struggling, you know they're unhappy. Some of you right now, man, you're going through some of the deepest pains of your life and you're gonna say, my good shepherd, you're a physician. And I need you to come in and heal and repair the deepest parts of my heart that feel like it's in a million pieces and you're the only one that can put me back together. And I love how this verse carries on. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Still in verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And as I read this, I'm just left with this comfort knowing that I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. I have to live in this comfort of knowing that he is going to give me everything that I need in this life. Because so often in life, I am honestly one of those people that I'm prone to like worry. I remember when we first started talking about this, it was like, 
oh man, am I going to have a job in like a month, God? Like, what is this going to look like? And other staff members coming and everybody was worried and people are now worried about what school is going to look like and how things are going to work. Maybe you guys are worried about your jobs. Maybe you're worried about family dynamics. Maybe you're worried about your marriage. But I look at this and I go, this good shepherd, I, there's nothing that I lack. He is so good. And I want you to find comfort in Matthew 6, 26 through 30. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Matthew 6, 26 through 30. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? I want you to know this at the deepest parts. God loves you, you and you are very, very important to God. And maybe you caught this key word just in verse one and it's just this verse is. And I never caught this before. But as I began to pause and slow down, there's this word is and it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. David didn't use the word was. It wasn't like, hey, the Lord was my shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. So I take comfort in that now as a Christ follower going, the Lord is my shepherd. He is shepherding me. He is watching over me. He continues to guard me. He continues to be my great physician. Just like a shepherd tends to the flock of his sheep. And that comfort and peace just from verse one just left me in awe. And I literally sat there and I said, this is exactly what I needed at this moment in my life. Because I've looked around me and I've focused on so much that is hard and so much that isn't fair that I forgot just how good my shepherd is. And here's one thing I want you guys to know this morning. You have a shepherd who is with you, who is guiding you, and who is for you. And he continues on in verses 2 and 3, and here's what David says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And I honestly love how David kind of carries on with this, this psalm because I want us to go back to sheep just for a second. Sheep are the type of things that they need green pastures. They need these waters. They're going to need rest. They're going to need all this stuff. And they put all their trust in the shepherd to lead them to these things. When a sheep is hungry, he doesn't just lie down and go, somebody come feed me. I mean, he's going, shepherd, where are you going to take me? Where are you going to lead me? And at times, I mean, when they're, when they're getting thirsty, shepherd, a shepherd, or a sheep, sorry about that, a sheep is not going to go to this stream that is just flowing super fast. I mean, it would just take the sheep right away. And even times back then, a shepherd actually dam up a fast-flowing stream just so his sheep could come and just take a drink from the water. And there's this important verse, or important word in verse 2 that I want you to just look at real quick, and it's just that word lead. And it actually translates to lead gently. And sheep are not at all like cattle. I grew up in South Dakota, so I know a lot about sheep. I know a lot about cattle. But cattle is like you can jump on your horse and you can actually drive cattle. You can go one way and you can make them go this way and this way. Sheep are not like that at all. Sheep actually are those, those type of animals that will literally just listen for the voice of their shepherd. They have to be led. And this is actually a really cool picture when I think about the Christian life of how what it looks like for me to listen to the voice of my shepherd, to be led by him. And I want, to think, I want you guys to think about your lives just for a second. 
about what it looks like to dive into scripture, to spend time with God, to have him lead you. And it's in those moments often where I find myself diving into scripture and feeding on the word and getting my soul refreshed where I feel like my shepherd is right there with me. And my shepherd is speaking to me. And along the way, here's what I want you guys to know too. You are not gonna be perfect. You're gonna veer off in directions that are gonna not be the best for you. You're gonna screw up at times. But here's what I want you to know. All the time, whenever a shepherd would lose one of his sheep, he didn't just say, oh, we had 99, now there's 96 that we were missing. He said, I need to go find those sheep. He would literally tell his helpers, hey, you, you stay here and watch the rest of the sheep because I have to go find those other sheep. And I'm really a product of that. I grew up in the church. I was like, these guys over here as kids sitting in church. I knew right from wrong. I loved the church, honestly. But when I got to high school, I was convinced that there had to be just maybe a better life out there for me. There had to be something out on the horizon that could be more fun than this church thing and following this good shepherd. And so for two years, I tried it. I went and lived this party life. And I always tell people it probably brought me more to the darkest moments of my life than I'd ever been to. But what I loved through that whole time, the two years of walking away from Jesus, he never just said, oh, one of mine walked away. I hope he'll be okay. Through that whole moment of me walking away of two years, he never left me. He didn't forsake me. He was constantly pursuing me and chasing me down, and he got me back on that right path, and I rededicated my life to Christ right before my junior year of high school. And verse three goes into talking about those right paths. And so often when a shepherd was herding his sheep, there would like, there'd be the paths that were already pretty worn. It'd be kind of like little ruts in the ground. And oftentimes when a sheep would kind of veer off from those ruts from that path, that's when that sheep was going off into danger, and that's what my life was like. But I'm very grateful that I had a God who pursued me, who didn't give up on me and said, you're important to me. And the reason I label these first three verses, if you want to give a label to them or a word, it's just refreshment. Because when I read these words, my heart was so refreshed this week, reading all about the shepherd and who he is and who he is in my life, how much he loves me and how much he pursues me and how much he restores my soul. And now we're moving into verse four and I have the words just, I use the words with me. And here's what it says in verse four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I love this part of the psalm because we get this transition from the first three verses, we got the word he. And now in verse four, all of a sudden it switches to this word you. In this first part, we got to look at all the attributes of a shepherd. And here in verse four, we see him like David speaking directly to the shepherd. We saw the shepherd that was going before, and now we get to see the shepherd that is going to be walking right beside. And there is not one of you sitting in here this morning that is going to escape dark moments in your life. Every single one of you is going to experience these valley moments in your life. You're going to look up sometimes, you're going to go, this doesn't make sense, this hurts. And there's going to be like some confusion in your life. And I've even thought about my life this last week as I was reading this, and I thought, what would it look like if in three months or six months, I just got news that I had an illness that was incurable and that I was gonna go to heaven in a little while. And I thought about that. And I said, man, there would still be a little bit of this fear inside of me. But there's also this comfort knowing that even through that walk, I was gonna have a shepherd who would be right beside me through the whole entire process. When sheep are under the shepherd's care, they need him and they trust him completely. And another thing about sheep is they actually don't have the best eyesight. I'm not sure if you guys knew that, but it's not like they have the best eyesight. 
So I want you guys just to picture what this was like for a sheep going through the valley, especially at night. It had to be at least a little bit scary. I mean, they're walking through. This would be a prime time for predators or anything to come and attack the sheep. But the sheep had this comfort. They knew that their shepherd was walking right beside them. So if they got spooked or something was going to happen, they knew their shepherd was walking right beside them and that he would comfort them, that he would care for them. And it's just this beautiful picture, once again, of God in my life. And I love it as it moves on to verse four. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And as a little kid growing up in church, I used to think as a shepherd carrying his rod, it was just like this little stick. I don't know why I think of like the hobbit or something, but I always think of just like this stick. And that wasn't the case at all. This, I mean, this rod was actually pretty heavy. If a predator or anything like that came after the sheep, the shepherd would take this rod and he would crack it right on the predator, so much so that it would stun the predator, or he'd even kill the predator. But then he had this, this, this staff as well. And he used that staff to just gently come, and he would take his sheep. One by one, he would count his sheep, and he would bring them under his care through his staff. And as you run this race, as you have breath in your lungs, you're going to experience some dark valleys in your life. Life is going to seem so scary. You're going to feel like you're lost. You're going to feel afraid. But here's what I want you guys to know this morning. Not one of those dark moments take God by surprise. Not one of your dark valley moments ever takes God by surprise. He's with you, and you get to draw close to him. Just like those sheep who are in the valley in that moment, and they're spooked, and nothing makes sense, and they're scared. They cling to their shepherd being so close. In our lives, when we're in those valley moments, and everything seems so chaotic, and it doesn't make sense, we have this opportunity just to cling to our shepherd who is right there, right beside us, and you are gonna feel a comfort and a peace that will flow in your heart and like really change your life on a deep level. And just for a moment, I want you to think about maybe the darkest valley you've ever walked through. How many of you out there can actually identify one of the darkest valleys you've ever walked through? How many of you guys actually know that? It is tough. It is one of the toughest moments of your life, and I don't even wanna say it's not gonna be tough, but I want you to remember this. Through that moment, I think all of you can agree that you had a shepherd who was right there with you, who didn't leave you, who didn't forsake you, who walked with you through the process and who was right beside you. And you discovered just how good your shepherd is. And the last part of this, I call it the fold and forevers, verses five and six. So if you're taking notes, I use two words, the fold and forever. Here's what it says in verse five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is interesting because when I get to verse six, I'm like, David, how do we get to tables all of a sudden? We had green pastures, we had streams, we had valleys. And now we jump into tables. And for the longest time growing up, I literally thought this was like a big table spread out. And I'm like, how does this make sense in this psalm? So in my mind, I, I used to always just think of like myself with this giant big table with bench seating. And here I am and I take a seat at it. And I'm like, oh, you prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And it's actually kind of not the case. There's this beautiful picture of how a table fits into this psalm because the table was referred to something that was spread out. So it's like that piece in the hilly land. It's like that nice flat area that was spread out. And this is where the shepherd would take his flock when they needed to rest, when they needed to get some food, all that kind of stuff. And it was here at the table where they would hang out until they got back to the fold at night. And the fold was really their place of safety. This is where they would go every night to, to literally crash for the night. It had a big stone wall that was all around it. 
And once they were in their place of safety, they had that feeling of protection from their enemies. And there was only one way into the fold. And that was the way the sheep came in and the shepherd would plop himself down right there. And the, and the sheep would know that there's no way anything could get to them unless they get through their shepherd. And they still had complete trust in their shepherd. They said, man, this guy loves us. He protects us. He has my best interest at heart. And what I love about the shepherd at the end of the night, it wasn't like he just threw the sheep in there real quick and just said, hey, have a good nice rest. He literally took them one by one and he'd examine his sheep. He would look, he wanted to say, I want to make sure that there's nothing wrong with you. If there's anything hurt on you, I want to make sure that you're bandaged up. I want to make sure that you are healed because I still am your physician. And it was in this space in the fold where the sheep felt safe. They knew their shepherd loved them, that he cared for them, and he's watching over them. And when I get this visual of the shepherd just watching over his sheep, it gives me such comfort knowing that all the valleys of my life that I'm going to go through, all the stuff that I'm going to go through, I have the shepherd who loves me and will take me back to the fold. That I don't have to be stuck in valleys forever. I don't have to be scared. That I, I am going to end back up there. And I got the shepherd that watches over me and loves me and cares for all my needs. And this last part of this I have labeled, it's called forever. Here's what it says in verse six. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Honestly, being a shepherd was a lot of work. When I think about being a shepherd, I used to think like how hard could it be just to take a bunch of sheep from point A to point B? Like it's really not that hard. But honestly, like the, the amount of work that goes into shepherding sheep is a lot. A shepherd knows his sheep by name. He keeps an eye on all the surroundings. He guards them. He makes sure predators don't come in and attack them. He walks with the sheep right when they're in the valleys. And he always makes sure that they get back to the fold safely. And after his sheep are settled in for the night, here's how I picture the shepherd. Just kind of looking up to God and just saying, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Like, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for bringing all these sheep back here safely. And this is the time where I picture David, kind of in his old age, having this moment to reflect on his life and what his life was all about. David is one of my most favorite people from the Bible. He had that title, a man after God's own heart. And David did great things. But David also messed up big time. And despite all of his shortcomings, everything that he did, goodness and mercy still followed him all the days of his life. And there are two covenants in Scripture. You get one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. And the covenant in the Old Testament, sheep are the ones that had to go to the slaughter. But then you get in the New Testament, and we get this new covenant, and it's going to flip-flop. And the shepherd is going to be the one to die. And I love this picture because I gave my life to Christ when I was almost 17 years old and I've never, ever want to look back. And if you're sitting here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus, man, come find Ryan, come find me, come find Dom afterwards because we would love for you guys to experience this new life in Christ. Because it is the most comforting thing knowing that I get to go through life knowing that I have a good shepherd that cares for me, that watches out for me, that guides me, and that steps into the darkest moments of my life and begins to heal What's inside? There is a song that was sang a couple of months back by Dom and Casey Tussie. And I just want to read just a little piece of this to you guys to end it. And I hope this just brings really some closure to Psalm 23 and just some, just really a, a strength and a peace to your heart. It says this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We have a good shepherd. Even in the midst of this crazy pandemic when nothing makes sense and everything hurts and we're trying to look ahead for your kids and you're trying to keep them happy and at the same time we're trying to do ministry the best we can and we often feel like failures and I'm going, God, am I even good enough to do this? And God, once again, he just brought me back to Psalm 23. He said, I'm here. I'm here with you. You're not doing this alone. I'm walking with you. So just know when you guys walk out of here today that you guys have a good shepherd that is walking with you. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for today. And God, I pray that when we feel like everything is so chaotic in our lives, I pray that we can open up to Psalm 23 and you can do that deep work in our lives. God, it was so amazing just to pause in that first verse for, for nearly a day and just sit there and realize you are my good shepherd. I lack nothing. God, you care about me. You care about every person in here. God, I pray that you would fill our hearts up at a level that, that maybe they haven't been in a while. I know for myself, I feel like I've been going on empty. And God, so this was such a refreshment for me to open up Psalm 23 and just feel you. So God, I just pray that I never forget what it's like when I walk out of here. I don't do life on my own. I'm not in these dark valleys alone. You're with me. You're right beside me, leading me and guiding me. God, I pray that you continually change our church and I pray that more people would fall in love with you during this pandemic, that we draw close to you during this pandemic. God, that we can feel your presence. We love you. Your name I pray, amen.